Hey, Manifester. I'm Jacqueline Johnston, the creator of Manifest It and the author of the best-selling books, Don't Feel Stuck. Do you want to know how to manifest, manifest faster? Join us because we're about to tell you just how we like to do it. Thank you so much for coming on the Manifest It podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So we've known each other for two years now and your company has helped me uh, help me a lot actually with social media posting because I, let's face it, I had no idea how to social media post a couple of years ago. And so I'm really, really grateful to you and to your company for helping me with that and helping me along my entrepreneurial journey. And so today I wanted to bring you on because you have, well, not only your, not only do you have your conscious living PR company, but you also have a really good podcast called Conscious Healing. And I would like to know more about, well, one, how did you start your PR company that's super successful? And two, How did you start your new podcast that is also super successful? Okay. Well, thank you so much for your kind words. And I'm so glad that our social media has been helpful for you. Um, It's it's really just about, you know, bringing forward amazing things that we find and, and amazing energy and just making sure that we put that out there. So I'm so glad when I hear that it's helpful for someone too, that like lights me up. So thank you. I've been a publicist for 16 plus years now. And I actually have two PR companies. I have MLC PR and Conscious Living PR. And about five years ago, I had gotten to this place in my life where I knew I wanted to change. I knew I wanted something more. I knew I needed to have more connection. I knew I wanted to work in the conscious space. And I didn't know what that meant. You know, I I didn't want to give up PR. I've built, you know, a company that I was so proud of and I loved doing it, but I knew there had to be something that had to change. And I was, it was Labor Day. I'll never forget because it's Labor Day weekend. It's an easy one to remember. It was a holiday weekend. I was on the beach. I was meditating and I literally just asked the angels, like somebody, please just come in. This is before I was working with my guides. Somebody please just come in and tell me what it is that I need to do. I'm just so lost. I'm unhappy. What, what do I need to change? And I got the download that I needed to start a conscious PR company. And, you know, anytime you are in alignment, I believe things happen faster, you know, manifest. So, you know, things will come together easier. You don't have to push it. And so that was really what happened with conscious living. I thought of the name pretty quickly with my husband. He he always was like, give me credit. If you ever tell people I helped you think of it, you know, and, and I knew I wanted to do something about conscious, you know. And I was like, conscious PR, like, what is it, you know, building the website, just like literally downloading and and being able to like channel this information and just came to me rather easily. And I found a team for it. I found clients that wanted to be a part of it pretty quickly. It was really, really a beautiful blessing. And I have to say, I probably manifested that in some way without even realizing exactly what I was going for, for it to have that ease. But that's really how conscious living came about. It was just, you know, part of a meditation download that I executed and I was in alignment because I just knew I felt so good. I had such a high vibration about it. And I just knew that it was something that was going to light me up and be really, you know, I always worry if it sounds cheesy to people, but we always say like the company is to be for the good of the world. And so that was really what I'm always saying is just like, if you are doing something that is helping others, that's genuinely good for the world, we want to hear from you. And we're willing to talk to you about how we may be able to amplify your voice in doing that. Now, the podcast is pretty new. It came after I I had known I wanted to do a podcast for maybe a year before I did it. It had been really fun 
being invited on other people's podcasts. And I found that I kind of have a lot to say and I want to be able to bring in my people that I really want to highlight and, and share. So I just kept, you know how it is when you're just like the days go by and you're like, okay, not today, not today. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Does it really make sense? Why should I do it? Because it wasn't, you know, my podcast isn't something that's like a business move or anything like that. It's totally a passion project. You got to think good old coronavirus because it wasn't until the pandemic where things obviously slowed down and I had time that I didn't expect to have. I actually ended up, it was the day before my birthday where I was on a hike with my husband and I thought I was superwoman and I thought that I could run up a hill and I was running up this hill, not for long. And I tore my calf and I was out. I could not walk. I couldn't do anything. I was just totally immobile. And it was the night. I think it was two nights after this happened. I couldn't sleep from the pain. And so I was up in like, you know, the, the download hours, they say around like, you know, two to 5am, you know, people, different people think different times, but it was around those hours. And I just started getting spirit telling me all kinds of really amazing things. Like you need to start a PR course. You need to do a podcast. You need to do this. You need to do that. So that was why I actually did it because between the time I hurt myself, I had the time. And then again, I'm listening to the downloads I get just like starting the PR company. I was like, you know what, let's do it. And it was really interesting because I call it like coming out of the spiritual closet because when I started the podcast, I had already had my healing Instagram page. People at conscious living know that I'm super spiritual, but in my talent agency. And on that side, I was a lot more of just like what we call like normies, like normal people, you know, I hadn't come out as a psychic medium and as a, you know, a healer really at all to very many people on that side. So once I decided to do the podcast, I said, you know what, it's time to just like live so truly authentically. And it's not that I didn't I wasn't my authentic self, I don't think, to those people, but there was always a piece of me that I was just holding back because I was like, they don't need to know this. They're not interested or whatever. When I started this podcast, it was this perfect time to just like throw caution in the wind and say, you know what, if you don't like this, if this isn't for you, that's okay. But you know what, this is me. This is all of me. And it was amazing. I got such an amazing reception from it that it was again, another affirmation of like, I'm on the right track. Yay. I'm doing something right. And there were people that were like, you're a what? This is amazing. Let's talk. And people I wouldn't have expected. So it was the best thing I ever did. And it was so freeing and it's been going really, really well. That's great. You mentioned download times for you between 2am and 5am. I've always heard just from listening to the morbid podcast with the <laughs> Ash and Elena. I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but they're hysterical. They're from Boston and they, uh, it's a true crime podcast, but they're so funny. And they always talk about how spirits come alive and show themselves or make themselves known in some way, whether it's through electricity or sound or even talking or showing themselves, they say it happens after 3 a.m. I thought that was interesting that you said that those are your download times because then your spirits were talking to you and and that's really cool. And also, yeah, your PR company, like I found you because I typed in Google spiritual PR company because at the time, you know, I had already had a number one best-selling book and I was like, I really want to get more you know, exposure, get more um, followers, you know, just get my stuff out there more. And so I typed in spiritual PR company and about six of them came up and I saw your website and I just felt so drawn to it. It's a beautiful website. I, I just loved everything about it. And I love your mission. Like your mission was what made me contact you guys because, or gals, <laughs> um, because I had talked to some other PR companies before. I'm not saying that like they're bad. It's just, they weren't the right fit for me in terms of, you know, my energy and what I was wanting to do for, for my purpose, my soul's purpose work. And so I'm not saying that those companies are bad. They're not. It's just that it was like, like you said, it, the download, it, it was like, I came to your site I felt totally at ease to just talking to you ladies. I just felt like, okay, I want to learn from these women. And I learned so much really and truly. I love conscious living PR because I didn't know how to post on social media with regards to, 
you know, how to connect to other people. Cause I'm always inside my head. I'm always thinking about things in terms of like numbers and patterns and I work with physicists, so I don't always tap into the emotional side. I love Melody. She's the one that helped me with all my po- all my posts on the Instagram account. And she taught me how to use imagery, but also be able to convey the emotion at the same time. And so if it wasn't for you gals, I wouldn't have learned like I have in Now I understand a little bit better how to utilize social media. I just wanted to say thank you so much for all your help. And then for your podcast, Conscious Healing, I've listened to a few episodes and I really like it. And I think I had no idea, like you said, people didn't know that you were a psychic and an intuitive and all that. I didn't know that when I first got to know you ladies. And so when you came out with your conscious healing podcast, I think that, like you said, passion project, like you can tell that there's so many wonderful people that you've connected with. And we really truly all have the same mission. We want to help people in the world. And it's not just money, 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 money. It's literally let's live a lifestyle that makes us happy, but also be able to achieve our dreams. And you're a successful business owner and now you have this great podcast. My question for you is people ask about PR and when is a good time for women who have their own business? When's a good time for them to sign up for PR? That's a great question. And again, thank you for all your kind words. You're, you're so sweet and it's not lost on me at all. Every time you say anything like that, it goes straight to my heart and it just, you know, like you said, we don't do any of this about the money. You know, the money is just an added benefit in, you know, in our careers, but our intention is really to help others. Absolutely. I get asked a lot, you know, when's the right time for PR? And we have a lot of people approach us that we turn away because we don't want them to waste their money too soon for publicity. And some people don't understand that it's, it's an actual service that you pay money for versus like a commission or anything like that too. So you really want to be incredibly smart about when you engage with a publicist. And again, I don't want to say that any other publicists out there are bad or anything like that, but you have to be really careful who you're talking to, because since it's a service that you directly pay your money to, a lot of people might tell you it's the right time to do it and they're just going to get your money. And, you know, I, I, I hate to talk about something negative like that, but it's sort of like a warning that I feel like I need to give people who get really excited about PR. You usually want to get a publicist when you have something that you feel the media will be interested in. Now, the issue with that is that it's really easy for you because you believe in yourself and like, I so get that, that you're like, you know, I love this. I'm excited about this. I'm doing something really great. So the media is going to care. And unfortunately, it's not like that. The media, especially these days, they're looking for, you know, different angles, interesting angles. They're looking for things they haven't heard of before. And they're looking for people who are a little bit more established. You either need to have, I'm going to kind of try to break it down into a few things. You either need to be an expert in your field, whatever this may be. And by expert in your field, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done it for a very long time, but a pretty long enough time where you feel like you have a list of really good, strong credentials in your resume, to, so, to, so to speak. So there's that. Secondly, you want to make sure you have the budget for it. PR is something where you need to at least dedicate three months and it's not cheap. This is thousands of dollars we're talking about. If you don't have the budget for it, you don't want to do something where you go, okay, like I'll do a one month thing. And it's not like that either. So make sure that you really have the budget and it's the right time for you to make this investment in yourself. The next thing that I say is it helps for you to have an established website, social media. You don't need to have crazy high social media numbers, but of course, unfortunately it helps. And the reason I say, unfortunately is because we all know that there's people who have a ton of followers that really just got lucky that they started Instagram when they did. And so they have a lot of followers and it's really not about any type of substance. So it's not all based on that. You know, I represent some clients right now that have pretty low social media numbers, but their level of expertise is incredible and their resume is incredible. So that 
makes up for it. And so the press are still interested in them. Those are just a few examples of what we look for as soon as someone contacts us and asks us, you know, hey, I'm really interested in taking on a publicist. A lot of times we also look for other tools just to put it in people's minds. You know, did you launch a new business? Did you launch a new store? Do you have a book? Do you have a podcast? And again, even when you have these things, we still assess and we know what the media is looking for. So if you're ever wondering, you know, first kind of go through that checklist and then, you know, you can always reach out to a publicist and just be really discerning when you're reaching out to people. And just remember, again, my warning is that a lot of publicists need business and they want your money and they might not be as I turn people down more than I take them on, not because I think I'm snobby or too good for anybody. I'm genuinely trying to protect people from wasting their money too soon on publicity. So you want to make sure that you're going to someone who maybe you've you've seen a lot of good reviews for, you've been referred, so you know you're going to a trusted place. I think that's very smart and wise of you to let people know, like, just because you want a PR company to work with you, it may not be the right time, but that doesn't mean that later on, you know, you could still work with them later on. So thank you so much for giving that tip. In your journey with, you know, working and you work with lots of Hollywood people, you know, I don't get me wrong. I'm all for people making money and living their best lives, but I'm all about transparency and honesty. There are girls and women that are listening to this podcast and they want to make it big just over the years, your experience of working with Hollywood, some of the clients and things that they may have told you that maybe you also have learned, what is some things that you could convey to the young women who may have like stars in their eyes, or they're maybe feeling really bad about themselves and they want to make it big? Because I always say there's a lot of sharks in Hollywood. People could literally take advantage of you. You own your own business as a woman and you're working in this industry that is very cutthroat. Like what have you learned over the years and what's your best advice to give to women in their twenties? Well, that's, that's a pretty big question. Cause I think I've learned a lot. So I have to really think about where I want to go with this, but Hollywood is a really tough industry. It's um, the stakes are really high. The music industry is even worse and more difficult, but The stakes are really high. There's obviously a lot of money that is at hand and it always comes down to money and power, right? The best advice is, you know, first of all, let me back up and say, you know, this is why I started Conscious Living because I was in this business and it was, I was working my butt off and I was doing everything I could and it was still not giving me the satisfaction that I was looking for. And I didn't, you know, I was just like, okay, I've, I've, I've won awards for people. I, I, I'm not at a loss for clients. I have amazing people. I've done so many things like, why am I unhappy? You know, and it's because it could be really it's not fulfilling when you're not really doing something with an intention for, for bettering the world, honestly, or bettering yourself. And the first thing I can say is like, if you're going to get into this business, so first I'm going to answer it business specific, and then I'll answer just in generality, because I felt like you kind of asked me both. So please also let me know if you want me to divert to a different area, but business specifically, like don't jump into this just because you have stars in your eyes. Don't jump into this because you really like Taylor Swift and you think she has a perfect life. It's not true. Everything is totally smoke and mirrors. And yes, so many people are really good people. The people I currently represent are wonderful people because I've learned and I don't need to represent a name that everybody knows and loves. So I can, for my ego to get fluffed and for me to feel better, it is not, you know, this comes with you know, potentially maturity through pain and growth and things like that. But think about your reasons for getting into it because I was actually warned against it. When I first started PR, I had a friend that was a mentor and he was in publicity, but he wasn't in the entertainment industry. He was in, you know, tech and corporations. And he was like, Oh, so you're going in a sexy PR. And I always laughed at that. I was like, sexy PR. What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you're going into it because it's sexy. There's nothing else there for you. And I remember telling my husband that, and he's thrown that back at me for years where he's like, oh, look at the sexy PR giving you a hard time again. You know, it's true. Like if you're going into it because of the razzle dazzle and because you think you're going to make millions of dollars because you're going into Hollywood, 
It's not true. It's very hard business. There's plenty of other ways to make money. The smoke and mirrors you soon will learn is not worth it. And so if you're going into this side of the business, do it because the passion's really there. The passion was there for me. I was the girl who at first I thought I wanted to be the star, which I soon learned, uh-uh, I don't like this. I was the girl who was always like in chorus and drama. And, you know, I was a drama minor in college. And I always knew I wanted to do something with the entertainment industry because I love the action of putting art out there. And, you know, so there's, there's reasons that kept me rooted and there's a reason I'm still doing this. If I didn't have that at my core, I think it would have shook me and I would have been out of the business by now for sure, because it's not easy and it's not what it seems. No industry though. So segueing out of Hollywood specific, no industry is easy. I would say that. And then I would talk to my friends who are in, you know, pharmaceuticals, the medical business, fashion, every, it's always hard because there's always sharks everywhere. There really are. There's always people out there to hold you down. And that's why I love this movement that I've been seeing with the women that are the ages of who's listening right now, who you guys, you guys have it right. You've learned to lift each other up and it's not about keeping each other down. When I first started PR, oh my gosh, it was so catty. And there was, everybody was jealous of the other person and trying to get ahead by pushing someone else down. And I was always like, oh my gosh, am I cut out for this? I just want to be friends with everybody, you know? Luckily now that's shifted because of honestly, the youth I give a lot of credit for. And to call you guys youth, I'm, I'm sure you guys are like, we're not youth, but you, you guys are just really there for each other. And you understand the power of the female, you know, boss babe. And that's really empowering. And the one thing I can say is just be there for each other. Find people who help uplift you. Find people who get you there. If you are around people who are nasty and toxic and don't have your back run for the hills, they're never going to do anything good for you. Why bother? That's one of the main lessons I've learned. You would think I would give you some sort of PR lesson or Hollywood type lesson, but the main lesson I've learned is surround yourself with good people. Keep those good relationships as a publicist, I can tell you networking is everything. Relationships are everything. And the more people, you know, the easier life is going to be. And I can tell you that that crosses over in all the industries. So as someone who is a new budding entrepreneur and you're starting your own business, number one, no matter where you're going with your business, find other people, talk to other people who can teach you, find other people who are on the same journey at the same level as you and help uplift each other, share information, you know, really just be there for each other because that's really what pays off. That's really good advice. And, you know, when I was in my twenties, I never wanted to like be in Hollywood and work in Hollywood, but uh, like you said, through networking, I, I had met some people. And so how in my twenties at the time I was so naive I mean, I, I have a lot more wisdom now and now that I'm like two years shy of 40. But at the time, I thought that I knew who good people were and I didn't. I am a big advocate for speaking up when you see deception taking place, when people are deceiving other people, when people are deceptive. My experience was with a narcissist at the time we didn't that wasn't something that we talked about freely because social media wasn't blown like it is now because, you know, when I was in my twenties, it, it was still like, you know, we had phones and we text message back and forth, but it wasn't like it is today. My question is how does someone know that in the crowd of good people, or they can trust somebody, even if at that moment they think, Oh, this person's really nice. This person's you know, so helpful, so kind. Like I've learned if they're really charming, that's a red flag. And I've learned if they're super helpful and like are just totally agreeable in the beginning, that's a red flag. And it's almost, it's like that phrase, if it's too good to be true, it is. I've learned that for myself, (laughs) but is there anything that young women can look out for, or is there anything young women should take notice and say, oh my gosh, this person, you know, actually cares about my well-being and my success, whether it be through their career realm, or maybe even just on a friendship level or dating? That's a great question. And I think that, you know, what you've experienced specifically in your, in your experience in Hollywood, as you're saying, crosses over regardless to I don't necessarily believe that 
if it's too good to be true, it's always a problem not to toot my own horn, but like, you know, people have told me like during a PR meeting, like you seem too good to be true. And I'm like, no, I'm just real, you know, but that's what it comes down to is like the realness, like really look into where, you know, charming is okay. And all of that, like, you know, people, people are the way they are. It's really going down into maybe finding out ways where is this person being honest with me about everything they feel? So that's kind of going along with what you mean in the sense of like this yes man and agreeable type people. I'm certainly not that. I will tell everybody what I think all day. I can't even hold it in for more than three seconds before I tell them what I think. But it's really hard to know what to look for because even with my own experience, I still get burned. I'll hire someone in an interview that I think is so awesome to be my next assistant. And they will tell me they've done this and that and they charm me and I hire them and they've lied, you know, about what they can do. Like, and, and I'm supposed to be an intuitive, you know, of course I don't cross boundaries and read people when I'm not allowed to. So that's part of it. But like, you know, even with that feeling, like, you know, people can put on an act and just kind of blindside you. And part of that is life. I, you know, being a spiritual person, I believe that that's just clearly a repeat lesson that I need to learn until I, I don't need to learn it again. But I think what it comes down to is really feeling like someone's being honest with you, no matter what you're going with, you know, let's say it's a boss or a mentor figure. If that person is just constantly like, sort of, I guess I get what you mean, like too good to be true. Like there's never, they never say a bad thing and everything's great. And they're showering you with compliments or gifts or whatever it may be that you never see a side of them. That's real. Meaning first of all, no one has only good days. No one only is in a good mood all the time. And if you're seeing something like that, then maybe that's something to look for. I mean, there's so many different scenarios. At the end of the day, just know that it's really hard and it's not your fault. If you get burned and if you get hurt, you're going to rise again and you're going to be okay. And you're going to heal because I feel like that's more important for me to, to share with anyone going through these journeys as they grow versus saying, Hey guys, here's a list of things to look out for. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't believe this because like I just said, even with me having my list, I'm still going to fall for certain people that are putting on an act and it's just the way it is. And I think I have a pretty good BS radar, but we're not perfect. Right. And so there's going to be times where you just have to learn to take the fact that you made a mistake. And that's, that's the most important part. And it just had to happen. It's almost unavoidable. What was a mistake that you could think of that you went through in your business and you overcame and how did you overcome it? I think, you know what, I'm going to go with this one. Cause I've been thinking about her lately. When you are at a place of a higher level in your career, I'll put it that way. You start to forget that other people can't maybe get there as fast as you and, and do what, let me, let me just tell you the actual example. I'm like trying to find my words here. I had an amazing assistant and I loved her. And I I thought I treated her extremely well. I would buy her gifts. We were friends. It was amazing. Um, We had an awesome relationship and she was lovely. I went on vacation and I came back from vacation and a few things, nothing major had just not gone as well as they should have compared to like the standard I put her at. Now, the standard I put an assistant at was my standard, which is why I was kind of trying to find my words. It's not anything that I, you know, I, I was realizing consciously. And in looking back, I realized this now, of course. And so I was like, hey, I'm back. And like, why, is, why didn't this get done? And why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And she just started crying, which I felt so bad. And she started crying. And she was like, because I already do so much that, you know, and, and she quit. And it broke my heart because she is someone who was hard to replace. You know, I've found some really great people since, but I look at this. She's the example I'm giving right now. The mistake I made was, you know, expecting people to be like yourself in a way, especially when you work and you get to a certain level and you're talking to someone who hasn't had that experience or they don't have the same age as you or whatever it is. Just remember where people are at. And that's what I've really had to learn over the years and, you know, it's, it's really tough in PR because you have to have incredibly high standards because clients put that on you, especially on the Hollywood side. And this was a Hollywood side situation. I regret so much that I just didn't just shut my mouth and not complain and just figure out first, like, you know, what was really done. And instead, the first thing I did was pinpoint the things that didn't go right. 
and it, and it broke her for some reason, you know, and, and she has every right to feel what she did. It broke her. And I think she might've been thinking like, you should be grateful for all I do. And you just show up and you tell me things that, you know, are you, that I messed up on, you know, first totally get it now in retrospect. And I think that, you know, that's one of those lessons that I've had to learn as far as just pick your battles. Don't put, you know, everybody is not coming in from the same shoes as you, from the same perspective as you. And that was something that my husband's tried to drill in my head forever is like, they're not Mona. They're not seeing everything from Mona's eyes looking out, like try to put yourself in their shoes and what they're going through and how they might have a hardship. Just because something came easy to you doesn't mean it's going to come easy to them, you know? And so I think that's the number one example that just came to mind that I wanted to share is just like, remember where you're at. Remember to put people, you know, put yourself in other people's shoes and because it's hard, you know, I'm, I'm mainly talking to people who are, are trying to aim for like managerial positions or entrepreneurs, because stakes are so high when you get there, you have your own pressure. But if you want to have a good team around you, and this is also part of the lesson that I wanted to say is, you want to keep those really amazing people there. So just remember to show appreciation and and pick your battles and really think about it. Is something worth bringing up instead of, you know, I should have just been like, thank you so much, had our chat. And then later been like, by the way, like this didn't get done. And this, this was incorrect. Like, what do you think? And, you know, again, it's tough. I was back and I was stressed out or whatnot, but that's probably one of the biggest mistakes I made. And since then I have not treated any other employee that way. And I learned my lesson and I'm very mindful when at least I think I am right. Um, I'm very mindful of approaching people in general with mistakes and things that go wrong and just trying to remember again from their shoes, why it happened and, and how it feels when your boss is talking to you that way. Yeah, that's really good point. But as you were explaining all this, I thought of myself in my twenties and how I used to be such a hard ass as a boss. (laughs) I was so hard on people because I had that expectation, you know, and I, I build high expectations for myself. So why shouldn't I hold other people the same? But it didn't take until my dad passing away for me to realize, oh, you know what? It's, it's work. It'll be here tomorrow. There are lots of things going on in in everybody's lives and nothing's perfect. It took his death for me to kind of be knocked down a few notches to kind of like be grounded and and because I am a type A personality. So I'm just go, 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 go. let's do this. Let's do this. You know, I get a, an inspirational nudge from my soul and I'm like, let's go full steam ahead. I need to realize, you know, not everybody, it thinks along the same lines I do. Not everybody works at the same pace. And so with you saying all this as, as a business owner, I appreciate that reminder because I am someone who's very hard on myself. I tend to, yeah, be a little bit hard on others. And even though I'm not on that same level anymore, because I've, I realize now we're human, nothing's perfect, but it's still nice to get that reminder. So I think that's really helpful advice for business owners, even just people in their career who are, like you said, becoming managers and supervisors. I have a question, well, with regards to it could be either for your PR company or even your podcast. How do you come up with the ideas and how do you know that these are the ideas that you want to put out into the world? Like, how do you know it's a good idea? The media, you know, they, they want to look for certain things and we all know there are uh, tabloids and I don't, I don't want to call out companies, but there are, there are certain companies that don't really like put out content that is meaningful and actually improves people's lives. How do you know, oh, I have this idea and I, I think we should talk about this. And how do you know that it's a good idea? Or do you just kind of go with it because it feels good in your soul? And then if it turns out not to be what you thought it was, well, that's okay. Well, on to the next idea. Like, how do you handle the uncertainty of it? I mean, the first thing is that given that I work intuitively, it's hard, you know, cause not everybody is there. And, you know, first of all, all of you have your intuition. So just know that meditation is something I really, really think everybody should at least try to do as best as they can. Even if it's just breath work where you're sitting in silence, 
even if it's for two minutes every day and just breathe in counting to 10 and then back down to 10, you know, anything like that. Simple, simple breath work does a lot. First of all, I'm saying that because when you're coming from a clear space and a clear mind and a relaxed body, and you're not coming up with ideas because you're coming from a place of fear, then you're going to have better ideas. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there first. My ideas come from my intuition. (laughs) I'm weird. So like I'll get downloads and spirit guides will tell me things and all of that. But like just talking in a way where you guys can really relate, you know, my ideas come from my gut. You know, I get the best ideas when it's quiet. And that's why I'm saying, think about the meditation, think about the breath work, sometimes even taking a shower and just like breathing while you're showering, showering is such a great place for people who can't meditate to really give, give themselves a chance to like relax and clear the mind. Cause your mind's going to be going anyway. So that's a really great time, but the best ideas come from the ones that like really light you up. So if you're getting an idea and you are sort of like, Oh, that'll make me a lot of money. And like your brain's going there, that might not be the best idea, but if you get an idea and you're like, that would be so freaking fun. I'm pumped. You know, something like that go with it. And here's the thing. Sometimes, like you're saying, I love your test run theory because girl, I've had so many ideas and not all of them have worked. Some of them need fine tuning. And then I'm I'm like, Oh, it'll just have to go on a back burner. And some of them have been complete flops. That's okay. I'm pretty good at not beating myself up for anything like that. Not to say I'm, I'm perfect about other things, but I'm really good about that myself. So it's easier for me to take those risks, but I totally understand that people are like, you know, these days with social media, when you announce something and then it fails and, but let me tell you guys something like no one is thinking about you that much ever. That is the one thing I tell so many of my PR clients is that if you're, if you messed up or, you know, I've had clients that are like, oh my gosh, like my hair blew across my face and now it's all over the internet, like the wrong way or whatever. And I'm like, So someone will just be like, oh my God, like that sucked for her or ha 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 if they're a mean person or whatever, but they're not sitting there thinking about you for the rest of their day about it, you know? And in general, when you're, when you're thinking about people concentrating on what you've done wrong, there's very, very few people who do that. And we think that people are, and that's us being, you know, in a certain way, egotistical and using our ego minds and thinking that way. But don't be afraid to make those mistakes because it's really not a big deal. And you really can just brush yourself off and try again. You know, for me, the greatest ideas have come from the fact that I have a lot of ideas and I'm willing to try to execute a lot of ideas. And then because of that, it's a numbers game, really. And they can work. I mean, before I started my PR company, people might not know that I was a copywriter and I had, uh, I was pregnant and I had just left my, my former job. And I was like, I need to figure out how I can make money for my new family and my baby. And I started copywriting and it wasn't going that great, but I started writing for, I almost said national, that's not true, some regional magazines. And I started putting it out on a mailing list of just, Hey, everybody that knows me, like, this is an article I just wrote on, you know, the massage at this hotel or whatever. That idea of putting that out is what got me my first PR job. It ended up going to someone who said, Hey, you've worked for me before. Are you doing PR now? No, I wasn't. I was writing for a regional magazine at that, nothing big. And it gave me this opportunity that I manifested for my career that I was praying for and really wanted when I was a new pregnant mom. If I had been afraid, like, to, oh, my copywriting isn't going so well, or I'm not going to put my writing out. It's not that good. And I'm afraid of this idea. I might not have been, you know, I very well wouldn't be where I am now. So that's really what I think is like, go with what lights you up, go with what feels right in your body. Number one, don't be afraid if it's multiple ideas. And if anything looks like they fail, because I know a lot of people who are incredibly successful that have failed more than you can ever imagine. And people don't think about your failures. They think about your wins. You're correct. Um, and when you were saying this, this person came to mind and I'm, I'm not laughing at their failure because it wasn't a failure. In fact, I think them doing this actually gave them more press and exposure that made them even more successful. But I think of Garth Brooks and how at one point he decided he wanted to do like a rock type album. And so he went under the name Chris Gaines, I think was the name. Was that right? Chris Gaines? I don't don't know. He created a whole different name for himself and he had like a different look and it didn't really like go so well as, as 
Garth Brooks. You know, everybody knows Garth Brooks, but I think about it and I'm like, you know, okay. So his, I think it was Chris Gaines. It didn't pan out for him in that area, but look at how successful he is now because this was like a good, like 15, 20 years ago. He is like one of the most successful musicians. So even though that little like blurb in his career happened, I think it actually helped him because then when he went back to Garth Brooks, it was like, yay, the man that we love is back. It's like people, they, they, you think that people want to focus on your failures. Like you, like you said, they don't. And yeah, it's true. There are tabloids out there. There are lots of distractions that like to focus on those things, but people also love a comeback. So even if you do make a big mistake, like Mariah Carey on New Year's Eve, when, you know, she had the mistake with her performance and she's like, ah, you know, S happens. I don't want to say the word because I promised Apple and Spotify. My podcast was the clean one, but you know, she's like, yeah, it happens, you know, but she got up and she kept going and nobody, you know, nobody's teasing her about it every single day. You know, we laugh at it, but she's not going to be remembered for just that moment. So I think that's really good advice that you're giving anyone. Like I, I have so many different types of you know, women in their twenties who own their business, who have a career that they love and want to advance, or maybe they're thinking about switching careers. The point you brought up about, well, if I hadn't done this, then maybe this door wouldn't have happened. What about with the insecurity of, you know, when I was younger, I didn't like to try things because one, I didn't like change. And two, I was scared that I would fail like, how do you walk yourself through the process of trying something with, with the notion of, oh, ABC could happen and not like worry about it? Do you have advice for, because I, I have anxiety. I mean, it doesn't have me, but you know, I, ha- I have it. I live with it. What is your advice for, for those moments where you're just feeling like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work out the way I expected it to like is you said meditation and I love breathing meditation, but I never thought about like using when I take a shower, I never thought about like using water as a cleansing is, are there any other methods or tips that you use for, to help with your mindset or is meditation in the shower, the main thing that you use? Oh, I mean, I do all kinds of things and it just depends on my mood. To be honest, there's so many different tools and there's so many different tools that I've learned from other people, you know, because everybody has their way and it just depends on what works for you. I actually don't do the shower meditation as often as some people might, uh, because I do actual deliberate meditation where I sit, I meditate for a minimum of 20 minutes a day. Um, it's hard. It's very, very hard because I'm busy and I haven't done it this week. So even I did it last night because I caught myself late at night and I said, oh my gosh, it's already Tuesday. I haven't done it. You know, it's all about your practice. Right. And I know you tell people, you know, put your alarm on and you, you start your writing and it's all about like, you know, and then it's, it gets to this point too, and not to deviate because I'll get back to it, but it gets to this point where people might be like, how many freaking things do we have to do? Okay. So I have to write about my meditation or I have to sit and down and meditate. I have to write about my manifestation. I have to, you know, go actually exercise and run and like, you know, all the things that add up. I think if I had to really advise people who feel overwhelmed by that, maybe just make it like your self-care half an hour because a half an hour a day, I am the busiest person ever. And I'm not just saying that, like, I'm really busy. I'm a mom of two. I have two different companies plus a healing business on the side. Like it's, there's a lot that I'm dealing with and I still make time for it because I've learned the difference of when I do and I don't, and I don't like the person I am and who I become when I don't. Right. My advice first and foremost is if you're sitting here listening and you're like, oh my gosh, how many different things do I have to do now? This woman's telling me I need to meditate. What if you just do these things for less chunks of time, but it's about the consistency of doing them every day. For example, too, if you're, if you're, you know, pressed for time, one of the things I do on my busy days is I will, I will combine my exercise with my meditation. So I'll walk. And while I'm walking, I do conscious breathing. Just again, breathing in and out, looking at the trees, 
I look at the colors that I see outside. I'm aware I'm in the moment and it brings you back. It grounds you. It puts your energy into the now instead of your energy being in the past or the future, which is, you know, again, future. I always say this future is anxiety and the past is depression. If you're dwelling on something, you don't, you know, in the moment, just walk and do that. So think of ways that you can combine the different things that you're doing, you know, walk for 20 minutes and then do your, you know, writing and, and do your manifestation writing for 10 minutes. And that's your 30 minutes. And you just did everything you needed to do on one. So that's my first advice, but to be more specific, to answer your question about what people can do. First of all, I, I already just kind of started to talk about it. It's mindfulness. I've gone into different practices on my podcast before where I have a whole episode on mindfulness. And I've mentioned like, even when you're doing the dishes and you're like doing chores or something to like really stop and be like, I'm noticing the temperature of the water right now. I'm noticing the smell of this soap. I'm noticing how this dish went from clean, dirty to clean. You know, that's actually a form of meditation. If you really are someone who like, I, I don't ever accept someone who comes to me and they're like, I can't meditate. I'm like, yeah, you can. I promise you, you can. Let's just talk about the different forms of ways that you can do it for a busy mind. It's not, you know, everybody always thinks meditation is sitting down and just being blissful with zero thoughts in the mind for an hour. Those are awesome. Let me tell you, you want to work up to that if you can, it's great. But even I can't get there on a day to day because there's things that are crossing my mind and I'm just learning to remember to let them go and stay with my breath. There's breath work, there's mindfulness, which again, when you're eating your meal, if you just stop and think about the flavors that you're eating, how many times you chewed, swallowing, that's mindfulness and that's meditation. So that's just, I'm kind of giving you guys examples of mindfulness there. You know, there's the shower meditation, there's uh, something called earthing, where you just go outside your barefoot and you go outside and you can find either sand or grass and you step on the ground barefoot, and that will just regenerate your energy. And if you can even to imagine some form of energy coming down from the bottom of your feet into the earth, going as deep as possible, that's, I want everyone to try it, please. If you try anything I said, it is such a good feeling. It is such a, it, it freshens you up. It gets rid of all of your anxiety. So if you have anxiety, it's a really good thing to do. I was with a friend once that called me well, I wasn't with her yet. She, I had a friend that called me and she had an anxiety attack and it was bad. And she's like, you know, I would never call you to just rush over to me, but I am, this is bad. I feel like I'm going to die. And so I went to her and I took her outside. I took her to a park. I had her do the, the earth thing that I just talked about. I had her take her shoes off and go on the grass and ground herself. And I had her touch trees and it worked connecting with nature that leads into that, you know, nature in itself is its own spiritual practice. And it's, it's, there's so many things you can do, you know, smelling different flowers that you have around you. And there's all kinds of things that are really practical things. And then there's the ones that are like, okay, if you want to go woo woo city, you know, we can talk about a few of those crystals are a really great tool. And you can start with just one and People are always like, which crystal should I get first? And, you know, it's really just go and see what you like. What appeals to you? What color do you like the most? Do you like the black ones? Because those are really grounding, actually. Do you like the clear quartz ones? Because that's going to get you up connected with spirit. Do you like the pink ones that are going to open your heart? So there's a lot of ways to, to work with crystals as well. And the first step is just, you know, buy one and make friends with it and have the intention of having this help you, you know, again, manifestation is all about intention too. So you guys definitely know what I'm talking about with that, you know, use these crystals to give them a purpose for you. They can be anything, you know, a lot of people like, and I've done podcasts on this too, where I've assigned like, you know, amethyst does this and this does this and this does this. And yes, it's true because they have a certain frequency, but at the end of the day, I can, <clears throat> I have a soda can in my hand right now. And if I decide that this soda can is going to take all of my bad energy out and put it into the can and seal up the can, that type of intention with your energy, it works. So there's so many different things you can do, but I just wanted to start with everybody, you know, assuming people are new to this concept, to the mindfulness practice and the breath work. But then there's all these other things that you can do that just, you know, depends on how woo y'all want to get. That's really, that's really good advice because my channel is all about the mind, you know, cause I'm, I'm really into the physics side, but also the psychological side. And, and I like philosophy and I live in Dallas, so I'm surrounded by concrete. I, I, but like I said earlier, I never thought about 
like using water in the shower to, to like cleanse my mind and, and cleanse me. And then, yeah, I, I think, Oh, I gotta try this earthing thing. And then I'm like, well, I got to pick up after the dog first before I try, <laughs> but touching yeah. trees. Yeah. When I was on campus before the pandemic, yeah. Walking around and just touching the, the leaves and the, the tree trunks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been a while since I've done something like that, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing. So just hearing you say that it, it lets me know like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because I always feel like I told my professor the other day, I said, I love sitting in my big armchair in the morning and staring out because there's very little trees, but they're really big trees, really big. And so when I just sit in my chair and I look out of outside on this, on the second floor and I look outside and I see those trees and I hear the birds chirping in the morning. Cause I'll open the balcony and just that holding my cup of coffee and drinking it like that for me is like getting in touch with nature, being, <laughs> being in a big city that's full of concrete. <laughs> so thank you so much for those tips. I, I think that's going to be helpful because yeah, a lot of my listeners are all about being in their head and using their mind. So I think, and I don't know a lot about crystal energy, so that's interesting too, but I liked what you said about grabbing the can because for me, and I always teach my audience that, you know, it's a can because we chose to believe that it's a can, but really it's a chair. It could be anything that you want it to be. So, and I, and then when you were talking about the crystals, I thought about how, when we were kids, we had pet rocks. So like you could like go buy a crystal and make it your pet rock and put it in your pocket or put it by your bed or yeah, like you said, become friends with it. And I I do that in the form of jewelry with the gemstones. <laughs> I just love to wear rings. And so I I literally will like, I will pack on multiple rings on one finger and and I just change them up based on my mood or how I, I want to feel. And I just look at the pretty colors and yeah. So I guess I like, I, I'm doing it subconsciously in a way. I'm just doing it in the form of jewelry. Um, my last question for you is like, what is the biggest thing you're proud of about yourself as a business owner? What is something that you can just say, you know what, go Mona. I did this. I'm so thankful. I took the risks and the chances because look what happened. I mean, the first thing I thought of when you asked me that question, so the the last part of your question makes me not necessarily answer correctly, but I do want to say this because this was the first thing that came up in my body when you asked me that, was that I really am proud of myself for always being authentic and I never screwed anyone over to get where I am. You know, I can always look back and think I did this on my own. I didn't take any shortcuts. I didn't have to lie you know, I did it just based on my hard work. And that feels really good because I don't have any demons when I sleep at night, you know, and that's a big deal to me. What was the last part of what you said again? Because as I was thinking this answer, you said that last part and I was like, oh, that's not going to fit. But what was it? What was it that made you go? I'm so glad I took these risks because look what happened. So as far as the, I'm so glad I took these risks because look what happened. It was a lot of hard work. You know, it was really, There were times where I was paying an assistant when I wasn't taking a check home and I had a family because I just believed in, I have to grow this business. I have to have this assistant to grow this business. And so there were times like that, that I did it. And I'm so glad I did it because I didn't let fear stop me. So I think that's another part where I'm really glad that I didn't let fear stop me because there were some really scary things I had to do. I'll never forget the first red carpet I had to go on where it was for American Idol It was on Hollywood Boulevard, like the quintessential Hollywood moment, right? This was really early on in the American Idol seasons. I hadn't even been on like a pretty major red carpet yet, let alone this was like the monster of carpets. It was, they had streets shut down for it and it just kept going. I had never done that before. And I could have just frozen and freaked out. And instead I said, here I am. I've made it. I'm so blessed to even be here. And if I screw up, it's going to be okay. I'm going to learn. Let's do this. And I just went for it and it went great. I did actually didn't mess up at all because I believed in myself. There's so many moments that I can think of where I've had this fear because I hadn't had the experience before. And I, I could have had this anxiety build. But instead, I was just always in those moments like, okay, I'm going to ground myself. I'm going to make sure I just need to be grateful that I'm here right now. Everything will work out. It will be fine. And even if it doesn't, I always kind of tell myself, even if it doesn't, it will be okay. 
I think it's always important to remind yourself that and really allow yourself to believe it because you can tell yourself that and it doesn't help. But listen, you know, telling yourself something is its own version. So even if you don't believe it, it's like, just say it to yourself as much as you can. And that'll change kind of the vibration in your body too. That's good. Yeah. I was thinking about how think that I make more mistakes when I'm fearful. Uh, yeah. I think when it's kind of like, I think of the Mel Robbins when she's like five, four, three, two, one, go, you know, and she calls it like the liftoff for NASA, but I don't know if you've checked out Mel Robbins, but she's amazing. She's a Libra and she's just, I mean, she's so smart and she's so good, but yeah. So when you said like thinking about things you're grateful for thinking about I'm here, I'm meant to be here in this moment. Okay. Everything's going to be okay. And you just go, like you said, even if it doesn't work out, it's okay. And then I think, well, I always say either exactly what you want manifest or something much better comes to you for you. Yeah. So I have noticed that when I allow my nervousness or my fear come to the front, then I make more mistakes than if I just relax to say, you know what? we're just gonna, we're just gonna test this out. We're just gonna have a practice run. And, and then when I just chill out, I do better. Um, that's cool though, that you've been on the red carpet. Have you been on a lot of red carpets? Are you, I mean, I, I mean, you're a PR person, so I assume you have, like, is there a funny story at all that you have in your career that you're able to tell? I mean, you don't have to tell them. (laughs) I can edit this part out. Okay. I have a good one. Um, I was at the Emmys a few years ago and when you're on the red carpet, you know, as a publicist, your job is to just make sure that you're one step ahead of the, the talent, you know, the actor that is with you and you're making sure that you're letting, you know, the next interviewer know what's coming up. And so I was talking to, I don't remember exactly if it was like extra entertainment tonight or something. And I was just like, you know, tunnel vision of just making sure I was doing my job. And I, and I apparently cut off Kevin Costner. And so I just like stepped right in front of him and just started talking to the producer. The producer points up, you know, and I'm short and he's really tall. So he points up and I like look up and I just see Kevin Costner smiling at me because I had literally cut him off from being able to do an interview. It was so embarrassing, but at the same time, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You know, and I, and I just stepped aside, but you know, there's a lot of things that can happen, but that's, that's the one of the funnier ones that kind of came up when you're like, I just almost screwed up Kevin Costner's Emmy interview. No big deal. <laughs> I mean, and also like, look at yourself. Like it didn't ruin your career. It didn't sabotage you in any way. Like he, I'm sure he was professional about it. He seems like he's a professional person. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah. If you, if you take tumbles, just don't worry about it. Like you said, not everyone is focusing so much on you. Like this woman that I, that I hired to help me with like my vocal stuff and my stage presence, because I want to get better at podcasting and um, also just for like, if I do TV interviews again, cause I had one and didn't realize I was having one and then I didn't have time to get scared and I just went for it. But if I have more, I want to be prepared. So she told me yesterday, she said, no one, no one's looking at you. No one cares. No one cares. Just they're all worried about themselves. So it's okay. Just keep going and keep practicing. And like I say, practice makes for progression and progression brings the manifestation Tell the listeners your website for your PR in case they're interested in reaching out to you for opportunities and also your podcast channel. So my podcast channel is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google, and iTunes. You can find it by searching the Conscious Healing Podcast with Mona Loring. I think if you just type in Mona Loring, if it's hard to remember all that, you'll find it. And then my website for the there's two PR businesses. So in case you guys are just curious, uh, there's mlcpragency.com and then there's (laughs) consciouslivingpr.com. Great. And I'll put it in the description. I'll put both of them or all three of those in the description as well. Um, Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me. I really appreciate it. I mean, like I said, when I was in my twenties, I didn't have the resources that a lot of people have now. And I just feel like Success isn't exactly one direction and it's not always what you see on TV. It is a lot of hard work and regardless of what social media portrays, yeah, you can be, you know, in a boat having fun with your champagne, but it doesn't mean that you're not working hard. Like people work hard to get where they are and that's okay. And that's perfectly acceptable. 
So thank you so much for coming on here, expressing yourself and giving your knowledge and keeping it real with the listeners. Thank you, Mona. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been so fun and you had such amazing questions and I I really hope that we're helping, you know, everybody who's listening in some way. I hope you guys have something to take away from it. And I appreciate all of your time. So are you ready to manifest even faster? Go to your country's Amazon website and type in don't feel stuck. Seriously, your soul will thank you. See you next time, manifestors. Like we do it.